Hello and welcome to First Geek 411. This is episode 94 and I'm your host, Cameron Franklin. With me, as always, is Chris Nicolay. Chris, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. It's Monday. It is Monday. And it really is a Monday. Plot twist. We don't actually record and release this on Fridays. We record it on a different day. Yep. Behind the curtain. I like our sound effects. They're the best. Yep. It's about all we got going for us. Oh, don't say that. We got a lot more than that, but you know, that's why you guys listen. And if people do listen and want to reach out and ask us questions or tell us cool things that they heard on the podcast, just like this person did on Twitter. And now I can't remember who said it. Um, City on a Hill game where they said that they liked our take on Sword Art Online season one. Um, They just um, found the podcast and I guess are going back through. And season half. Yes, exactly. Season first half (laughs) being good. Season second half being awful. Um, And you can reach out to us on our social media with any kind of comments or cool questions you would like us to tackle, just like we'll be doing a little bit later on in the show. Um, And you can do that at OneGeek411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. You can also send us an email at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And then, of course, you can check out our show notes on our website, which is OneGeek411.com. With that, Chris, let's get into our teaser questions. What game has reignited discussions on accessibility in gaming? And then Microsoft Skype has increased their call capacity to how many people? A lot. While While we let our listeners mull those over, let's talk about our favorite things from this past week. Chris, what have you been up to? So during the week, not a whole lot. Um, spring's finally here, so I've been doing a lot of spring cleaning when I can, um, kind of, or procrastinating on that, like I usually do. Um, but yeah, I just like, try to like my, make myself sound productive. But this weekend, um, I did watch the entire second season of Sabrina. Whoop, whoop. And I also watched the, finally got around to watching the My Hero Academia movie, Two Heroes. Um, I was kind of saddened because... I got it on Amazon and it was only or dubbed. Whoop, whoop. It was only the dubbed version. Um, yeah, I couldn't change the language. <laughs> it's, some, it's just it's just weird going from watching the the anime series subtitled with Japanese voice actors to the American mm. voice actors. Yeah, but all in all, it's a great addition to the My Hero Academia uh, series. Definitely recommend it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and also it just reminded me, um, um, at Emerald city comic con several weeks ago, um, I did stand and listen to a quick panel that was out, out in the main floor, um, with some of the voice actors from the movies. Nice. What about you? For me, um, one of the things that we went and did this week is um, for Valentine's Day, Deanna had gotten us tickets to go see the Dallas Roughnecks, which is the professional ultimate Frisbee team. Um, and she got us tickets to their home opener. And so that was this past week. And so we went and did that. Not necessarily geeky, but definitely something that was really cool. And I really enjoyed Dallas won. It was a really close game. Um, 
it was really cool. It was my first time getting to see them play because the team started after I'd moved to Connecticut. Um, and so I'd never actually been able to see them play. Um, I got to go see the New York empire play once, but there wasn't really a convenient team when I was in Connecticut. So really enjoyed that. And then like you, we marathoned all of Sabrina season two. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, this one, uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of good themes in this one. Um, a lot of good uh, character development, with the exception of a couple characters that I found more irritating. Yeah, um, there's a there's definitely a couple characters that I know I kept on thinking, okay, like this is going to be the time where it clicks for them. This is the time that they get it, and it just never really was. They just never did. Typical. Um, I hope we're talking about the same same person because that'd be yeah. great. We can talk about it off air afterwards, and maybe potentially do a more in-depth conversation regarding this. Um, Cause as we mentioned, uh, there's a lot more religious themes in like in the background of this one, mm-hmm. I think it was definitely warranting a more in-depth conversation, but yep. we can schedule that for another time. Also, mm-hmm. it gives our listeners for a chance to tune in and let us know what you thought, if you have watched it or plan on watching it and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can include some of their thoughts and, in our discussion. Yeah. I will say it's one, I was thinking about this as we were watching, like all the hubbub that came out about like Harry Potter being like the devil and witchcraft and all that stuff. And like, I was watching Sabrina and I was like, Oh, this is what people were worried about. Like while there are like (laughs) very like prominent, like overarching theology and questions on faith and authority and stuff like that, that I think are really interesting. Um, it definitely has that side of it. That's like, yeah, this one's not for the kids. (laughs) But um, I'm really yeah. looking forward to us getting to talk about it a bit more. And so, so I guess with that, let's jump into video games with our first teaser question. And that's what game has reignited discussions on accessibility and gaming? I already knew the answer to this one, but it is Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of the discussions originally started as a... Um, should the game have an easy mode? Um, because Sekiro is a, is a FromSoft game who does the Souls series, Demon Souls and the Dark Souls trilogy and Bloodborne, um, which are known as very punishing games. And I have a, an article I'm going to throw in the show notes. It's called Sekiro Accessibility in Games is about far more than difficulty. It was published um, to IGN by Cherry Thompson. Um, who has worked as like a consultant for studios on helping to make games accessible. Um, And so I thought that was really interesting. One of the things that they get into in the article is like the idea of like every single option that you can give players can be a way of increasing um, accessibility. And so they mention like they have like the audio sliders that are in like Dark Souls that really helped them because they could turn down like the voices and turn up like the, the ones that actually like helped with battles and that helped them overcome their accessibility issues. And I thought that was really cool. Um, it's even like little things like that. I know outside of video games, one of the big discussions in board games is like colorblind pieces. Um, 
or pieces that help for, for people that are colorblind. So like not picking colors that look the same. And, um, and so I think that that's really cool. Um, have you heard any of the discussions going on with this, Chris? I mean, kind of, um, I mean, I've, I've heard a little bit mostly revolving around, um, the difficulty settings or lack thereof. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I definitely, um, at least so in terms of colorblind settings, I'm very pro that, um, but I think they also need to do better. So like, it's, it's more than, so like board games, it's a little different because you can only, you're Mm -hmm. printing everything manually. Um, in video games, I know like games like rocket league have a colorblind setting. Um, uh, league of legends does several league of legends and yeah, other things like that, that change kind of the, the primary color settings of certain aspects of the game to make it a little easier for those who are colorblind ever. Although the iterations I have seen only worry about one type mm-hmm. of colorblindness, typically red green when there's other variations as well. Um, but those are, those are awesome moves in the right direction. And I mostly mentioned those specifically because I myself am colorblind, uh, as greatly emphasized in a certain college class, um <laughs> once upon a time um but yeah. uh, looking back on that that was like one of those like really weird things that was a really weird class it's like okay why is yeah. this why is this a thing um but um moving on like i i also know like we've we've done a lot of things um in terms of like or companies have in terms of developing um accessible friendly controllers mm-hmm. um that's a really big place to kind of start um, here as well. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know, I guess I, I have, I don't know what entirely I understand that Sekiro being one of like the new, it's not a souls game per se, but from the same company and it just being kind of a, a game that punishes you mm-hmm. um, in general. Um, can, I can definitely see how, but I'm not sure if there's any, are they, are, did they mention any specific problems they have with Sekiro outside of the so lack of a difficulty setting? The um, it's one of those things that like the conversation started as one thing and then has kind of morphed. Okay. And so one of the things I really liked about um, Cherry Thompson's article is that they don't really talk about Bloodborne a ton. Like it's more about overall accessibility. Um, right. But um, and one of the things that they even mentioned in their article is the idea of being able to remap the controls, something as simple as that can be a really good accessibility feature, which is something I think Sekiro has. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I, I would say like games like this that are kind of designed this way. um, I'd probably have a bigger problem like in saying, yeah, maybe they should do more to make it more accessible. If, if it wasn't, if the point of the game wasn't its gameplay and was more for a story. So like if the game punished you for trying to play the game, like, and you're, but you're not playing it for its gameplay, Mm -hmm. um, which is the point of playing Sekiro. It's I'm sure the story has some aspects to it, but it's not complete. It's not going to be as compelling as a game that would normally have those difficulty settings. So you could continue playing 
through the aspect that they actually designed the game for. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like Persona and games of the sort, whose whose primary thing is for you to play through the story mm-hmm. format. There's a there's a deeper story to everything, and like RPGs, but games like Sekiro, yeah. While the Sekiro story actually looks phenomenal, um, that's not the reason you're playing it as much as as whatever so it, it it's designed to be a punishing game that rewards mm-hmm. you for fin- figuring it out and finding a way to defeat the bosses that's the actual reward in this type of game um at least since it started with that difficulty setting right. question um but it's cool like i i i i i haven't played sekiro yet but i'd be interested to see if the features that we talked about um do exist in this or whichever um kind of it, it's also like one of those things that's like some of the little things that people can take advantage of like you mentioned sound sliders um mm-hmm. like that actually break down like the different instead of just like main volumes and whatever button remapping um i've mostly seen in xbox games for sure i don't think there's enough games released on the sony platform that necessarily yeah. allow that that's definitely one of those big advantages for playing on pc i mean just think about it this way um the playstation console literally like from japan in japan the japanese versions just got the ability <laughs> to select that to use x mm-hmm. to select cracks me up um yep. so if any of our listeners have any thoughts yep. on it um great ways that game they've seen specific games try to be accessible, whether video games, board games, or anything of the like, let us know. We would love to hear and share those thoughts on the podcast in a future week. The next bit of gaming news that we have is apparently there's an Octopath Traveler mobile game coming. Um, It's Octopath Traveler Conquerors of the Continent. I had apparently I'd missed these announcements. Um, is this a gotcha game? I have no clue. I, I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play. Um, and so we'll throw a link in the show notes, but it's a game that takes place a couple of years before the, the Nintendo Switch exclusive Octopath Traveler from Square Enix. Um, right now, based on the article, it is only coming to Japan um, or there's only a Japanese release date. Um, but the, and with the demo starting on March 12th. So it already a registrations went live on March 12th right. for the demo. Um, and so what do you think, Chris, as our Octopath Traveler player? If it's a gotcha game, I'm in. Otherwise, maybe just release more Octopath content on the Switch. Just saying. Yeah. Um, like, it's one of those things where, like, when I see a game kind of come to mobile or, like, a version of a game... I kind of want them to make it a gotcha game mm-hmm. um, because I feel like those are the best type of mobile games. And also I hope that means that that funding is going to that series next project. Um, so like when I see those new weird, like not the best in class um, Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to play them and pour money into them because I hope that's funding their next project. Um, yeah. Or whichever. Um, like I, mostly because 
when it comes to phone games, my attention span is just not there um, to try to play through a and pay attention to an actual plot or anything or traditional gameplay. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've started Final Fantasy Tactics as a mobile mm-hmm. game. And then I just don't get very far because I I lose interest and games do not interact with multitasking very well. You can't jump back yeah. and forth as well because it usually closes the game out. Um, if you get a call while you're yeah. playing or something, you know, um, it's just it's just one of those things. So I, I guess I don't know enough about it to tell you exactly how I feel. I know what I'd want it to be versus mm-hmm. what it probably is. Um, yeah. That's about it. The reason that this stood out to me um, is because like literally last week or two weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, I really could go for like a good JRPG on my phone. Like not like a super long story, but some good like quality turn based combat. And so I ended up playing Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Amina. And I've been really enjoying it. But like the story is a kind of a joke because it's, it's very much the generic um like mobile version where all the characters have somehow been sucked into the same world. Whoa. Like we've seen that so many times with games, but actually seeing a like story yeah. built by square. that's intended to be played that way. Seems really cool. Like one of my, my thing about like the square games, like the final fantasy one, um, like specifically that one is that I like it because it, doesn't like the characters don't stick to their normal mm-hmm. tropes per se when they're in this world together. Like the big baddie in seven is Sephiroth, but he's actually kind of a good guy when yeah. you're playing through. Like, I mean, like you get to use him as like a mm-hmm. utility good yeah. guy. One of um, my highest leveled characters you know. right now is Seymour from final fantasy 10. Like, and he wrecks. And so I'm sure he does. It's just, yeah, he's like one of my creeps. He is so very creepy. creepy, but he's a really he's powerful mage. Car- like villain. Yes. Uh, oh, Seymour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like I, I guess I can see also like because of like my problems with attention span, like on mobile mm-hmm. games. Octopath Traveler is actually a good fit for that platform in terms of like that. Their 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 chapter based storytelling kind of thing. You could play through a chapter and then do yeah. other things, you know. Um, I guess in the meantime, before you jump into your next plot based chapter of the game. Um, so in that sense, like there's shorter, very like short mm-hmm. little increments that you could play it in. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about playing it on the switch um, was that it's like, Oh, I just finished a chapter. I can mess around or I can just put the game yeah. away for a little bit. Um, and a good recap system um, for when you do jump back in. Yes, for sure. So I think those are our big um, video game news. So let's go on into our movies, TV, anime, entertainment as a whole. Um, We're kind of in a holding pattern in this with both Game of Thrones about to start and um, Avengers Endgame right around the corner. Game of Thrones Um, just started. Didn't it? It starts this coming Sunday. So the Sunday after this episode is released is when the premiere is. Um. But we don't necessarily always want to just talk about the MCU, especially when the DC universe does really well. And so Shazam came out this past weekend. It opened to um, $53 million domestic. Um, I think I saw a hundred and something international. 
Um, and now I can't find it in the article, but congrats to them. Like that's a good opening for a character that I would definitely put on the not as popular end of the spectrum. And yeah. so, well, I think one reason why Sam is doing so well is like, um, I mean, there's a lot of diehard Shazam fans. Like I'll, I'll agree mm-hmm. with that. Um, that's uh, like, that's kind of like the whole argument. Uh, the, the Captain Marvel argument mm-hmm. is, um shazam is the original yes written well before but um and actually is actually their the the hero's name is captain marvel not shazam shazam is the name of the wizard in which he gains his powers um but in terms of the dc universe marvel uh the dc cinematic universe or what they have been releasing, you know, DC is kind of this broody teen mm-hmm. and seeing able, seeing that teen be able to like not take itself seriously and have some fun with a character makes it really appealing. Um, and like, literally it's just a really fun look at the, the main character comes from a kind of action-based comedy. Chuck is what he's probably net best known for. Um, They've been doing a lot of uh, appearances and and um, hype for this movie, but just trying like they kept it light and they made it attractive, um, make make which makes it attractive to a larger audience, mm-hmm. um, just to make it an enjoyable movie. And so it's its success is not surprising, and I am excited to see that at some point maybe this week. Yeah, we haven't gotten to it either. Um, it's one of those we'll probably end up waiting for it to hit Netflix. Um, we may end up like we were, we were discussing this at church. It's one of those movies that like I would definitely go if people invited me to go with them. But it's not necessarily one of those movies that I'm excited, like I'm chomping at the bit to go and see. I kind of am. So I just it's just one of those movies like I, I wasn't going to go this weekend um, just because. But it is something I definitely like planned maybe tomorrow during cheap movie mm-hmm. Tuesday or mm, something I, I wouldn't mind seeing in theaters. Um, mostly because I don't mind seeing movies alone. Mm. Actually, I almost prefer it that way sometimes. Yep. I, I see a lot of movies by myself, but there's only certain movies I would like to go see, like enough to go by myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense, I'll, I guess. So, Whatever. I see how it is. I would go with <laughs> you, Chris. Oh, okay. So with that, um, let's move into our next segment, which is where we talk about the latest going on in tech. And so Chris, why don't you bring us through this segment? So right now I feel like there's just a lot of petty wars going on in tech. Um, one piece of news we got this week was that uh, Walmart is introducing Google Assistant shopping to better compete with uh, Amazon's and uh, Amazon and Alexa. Mm-hmm. Um, bad part is you have to order stuff from Walmart. We do Walmart pickup and it's pretty good. Like you like submit you mean, you mean like based on like the Walmart pickup commercials where it's literally, Hey, look how underpaid our employees are and how bad you're allowed to treat them. That's what I get from, oh. that's what I get from that commercial. I've never like, seen that commercial. Oh, it's the one like with all like the reference, the movie references, like the DeLorean is going in for Walmart pickup. I, I have no clue what you're um, talking about. There's like a Jurassic Park 
vehicle. Um, what? Okay. I don't well, watch commercials. Mind. There is a, there is, it, it, it's because I watch CBS all access oh, yeah. on Amazon and it plays on Amazon occasionally. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really awkward commercial where, that I sit there and watch and I'm like, Oh, it's like the employees are there dealing with like sloppy cars and, and stuff. And like, raptors trying to eat them (laughs) oh it's like if i was them i'd walk away they don't make enough for that (laughs) um but it's just one of those weird it's just a weird thing that that makes like mostly because i don't care for walmart as a corporation then again i need to start probably transitioning that toward amazon as a corporation too which is sad um (laughs) yeah that's just a moral thing but um but yeah, so Walmart has introduced Google Assistant shopping for their services. Um, uh, Netflix has removed AirPlay support. Um, so for those that don't know, AirPlay is Apple's uh, streaming kind of their their Chrome, Google Chrome or their Chromecast competitor, I guess, like which is also a bajillion dollars more. It's something we saw at last year's um, or wait, was that this year's at the consumer electronic show, uh, this year, um, where they were, they have partnered up with a ton of TV companies that have the airplay service directly built hmm. in, which was a big change from their normal business plan of, you know, you need an Apple exclusive device, um, kind of thing. And then they came out, but due to uh certain like things regarding, uh, Apple's, um, airplay service um it's a weird it's kind of a technical limitation in in their service um that with netflix streaming they can't differentiate the tvs apart like they're lacking certain digital identifiers and so to kind of combat that they just said oh no no airplay support hmm. anymore and it's, it's just a weird kind of yeah not dealing with this and it came very sudden. Um, not much was said until like very recently. So yeah. So poor Apple products. Then again, they're not very great. Sorry. <laughs> um, Net- Microsoft is getting ready to release a new um, Windows 10 update and has just released the final portions of these two testers um, coming out uh, along with that. Also, um, they also have officially ended their beta version of Skype in which, oh, which brings us back to our teaser question is how many callers are going to be, are, is Skype's call capacity being increased to? I'm going to guess 25. That's its current limit. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Go Skype. It 50 is, then. Yes. It is okay. being doubled to 50 people for a single call, um, which is crazy. That's like, I don't know the purpose of this, of <laughs> that feature, but you know, it was, is one of those things where it was like a weird, like competitive thing, because I believe, um, Facebook's was allowing up to 32, um, and yeah, I think I'm pretty free out. No, no, sorry. Apple's FaceTime allows up to 32 callers. So it's like a sounds miserable. 
it's like a quick jab at Apple again. Like when, like just these petty things. It's like, oh, you do 32? Well, we're going to increase ours to 50. What are you going to do now? And it's like, it's one of those things that like, yeah, the larger it gets, sure, that sounds great. But what is its purpose? Like how, why, why would you max this out? <laughs> too many people. Um, too much coordination and like, organizing to deal with that many people at once anyway mm -hmm. um but still cool feature um this is this is like their final little update to skype following uh last fall's updates that allowed call recording and several other new features um uh and kind of moving forward from there um kind of a random little thing but still kind mm -hmm. of cool i guess yeah Maybe. It seems nice for businesses. Now my goal is, though, is to use Skype and see if we can max out a call. Can we get enough <laughs> listeners to join us in a call? You just break Skype. Probably break my computer first. Yeah, that, I think, the, yeah, I definitely think computers would be the holdup. So, I mean, we got two, so we need 48 listeners to join us for a Skype party. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we'll play some games that way. I don't know, that's yeah. a lot of people still. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do a 50 person D and D sesh. That sounds miserable. Yes. Although at the same time, a lot of fun. Maybe if we have like multiple DMS kind of that have coordinated with each other to allow it to go more smoothly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How do you like, like only one person can talk at a time. That's just 49 people listening. It's yeah. No, thank you. But yeah, that is really all like the weird little things are happening in tech right now are all these little weird legal slaps and jabs mm -hmm. at other companies it's fun stuff you should and i didn't even get into the mobile phone market <laughs> with that let's jump into the tangibles um which is where we talk board games tabletop games role-playing games and this week we'll be focusing pretty much on exclusively on magic the gathering as we've been continued to, um, continuing to get our War of the Spark spoilers, we also got a cool story recap today that I forgot to put in the show notes. I'm going to try to remember to add that, where they kind of go over the crux of Bolus's plan and what he's been up to. And so that's a really cool recap for the past like three-ish years of story. Yeah. So, um, so I'll try to throw that in the show notes and... One of the things that we've gotten to see in this set with 36, technically 37 Planeswalkers, depending on how you count, um, is that we've gotten to see some new characters. Count them one at a time. Yeah. What do you mean, depending on how you count? Because um, Tezzeret isn't in PAX. He's the buy a box promo. Oh. So gotcha. there's 36 in PAX, but you can kind of get a 37th. Right. And so... Um, but yeah, so we've gotten a handful of new characters and this is definitely one of the things that I've really enjoyed them doing with this set, um, is it kind of gives us a way to check in on a bunch of different care planeswalkers that we haven't seen in a while or ever before. Yep. Specifically, um, this week. So last week, two weeks ago, I want to say it was last week, last week, last week talked about the wanderer, um, mm -hmm. who was this, like the biggest unknown, um, Although um, the one we were talking about coming up thoughts were like, it was, it looked like Elspeth at first mm -hmm. kind of, but like 
everyone's like that, but that's not Elspeth at the same time is very obviously like could be, couldn't, might not be very possible. And that is who we got announced this week, which is Kasmina, the enigmatic mentor is her title mm-hmm. for the set. Um, but Kasmina is a whole new planeswalker as well, along with the wanderer, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, which is cool. Um, don't know much about her yet. Um, yep. Assume she'll be in the novel that I still need to pre-order. Um, and so um, I'm really excited about that. I love new planeswalkers, especially. I love the lore. I love all of that. I'm one of those people that really enjoyed when they started taking the magic story to be much more planeswalker focused um, versus being focused on like the legendary creatures on planes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like the continuity that comes from following planeswalkers from plane to plane. And so versus being like, Oh, this is a really cool character. Can't wait to see them again in eight years. Well, so when we get like legendary creatures, so yeah. And but. so I'm interested to see more about her. We've obviously, as I mentioned, never seen her before. So that's two full brand new planeswalkers mm-hmm. in this set. The wanderer we still don't know anything about, um, Kasmina. Only thing you've seen her is on some of the flavor text. We get a little glimpse, mm-hmm. which on and her then, specific card says, hop away now, little eternal, go eat some flies. Yeah. When she turns an internal into a frog. I think so. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Then we also have Teo um, as a new planeswalker. Um, and he's the point of view character for the, ma- for the upcoming novel. Um, Cause his first planeswalk is to Ravnica in the middle of war of the spark. Yep. So sucks to suck. Um, Cause that's kind of the worst timing ever. What? But, um, but yeah, so we'll have more on war of the spark as we get, um, the rest of the spoilers out and we'll be doing our top 10 cards um, as a podcast coming up um, once we have all those and can make our full lists. So, yeah. So yeah, right now we're just talking about the general set and, mm-hmm. but we'll get into the actual uh, awesome cards of the set that we're planning on getting or utilizing. It's going to be great fun because mm-hmm. I don't know. There's too many color identities. Yeah. There's too much going on. So much going on. It's good. It's a good time. Good time. <laughs> so with that, um, at, once we get to the end of the show, one of the things that we've been doing recently is a top three. Um, and I'm kind of happy that this week was a lighter news week um, because right now our top three is more like a top nine. And so um, if you listened last week, I kind of struggled with how to phrase this, but we're going to be doing some geeky personality tests. And so we're going to not actually be taking the tests online. I feel like that would be kind of miserable to listen to, um, but we're going to just kind of be talking through them. Um, if you have a cool person at geeky personality test um, that you would like us to do, feel free to send it to us on our social media. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to the love clan discord um, for kind of helping me out with some of these ideas. Cause I kind of hit a brick wall and they helped me come up with some more. Well, something that someone's mentioned is like, just do the Buzzfeed quizzes. No, the BuzzFeed quizzes, you can control the outcome way yeah. too easily. And that's what's worse. So don't send us ones where you could, where I can control it. Be like, I know what I want to be. So I'm picking yep. this, this, and this. Um, those are yeah. literally the worst type of test. Um, like that's what made like Pottermore so like accurate was like, I, I don't know. 
where this is going. Yeah. Um, I want to give a big shout out. Uh, Madeline, who had come on previously to talk about PAX Unplugged, PAX Unplugged and Love Thy Nerd, um, sent us one on your D&D alignment and character from EasyDamus, D-A-M-U-S dot com slash character. Um, and it's 140 questions. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to take every 140 question quiz, but that one is solid. And so, um, cause there's a lot in there and it actually breaks down at the end. Once you get your results, like kind of how your questions actually were answered, like what fell into what thing. So we'll get there and we'll talk about it some more once we get to that one. Um, and so let's get to kind of the more obvious ones first, and then we can kind of maybe get into a bit, some of the bit more niche ones. Um, and so I want to start out with Star Wars or Star Trek, Chris. Um, this is not a argue. This is not a competition between those. Two. <laughs> I'm a bigger Star Trek fan, though. Um, first of all, there's more content, and I feel like Star Trek fans aren't as toxic as Star Wars fans at times. Mm. Um, I'm Star Wars. Um, I never just never really got into Star Trek. Like I've been, we've talked about it before in the show. I've enjoyed the new movies, um, but I never really got into the actual TV shows. And um, this is one of those like um, those oh. big geeky debate kind of things right. that I think divides the like the geek nations. Right. It's one of those things. Like I understand, like because they're, they're, they're but they're different things. That's the thing. And I don't know why they're always pit up against each other because Star Wars is a fantasy sci-fi. Mm -hmm. It's fantasy based, though. It has more fantastical elements. Star Trek is a true sci-fi. While it may have some fantastical things, it's rooted in certain scientific ideas um, more so than Star Wars. Yeah. Also, all I'm going to say is Star Trek fans have not made any of their like stars from the shows delete their social media for being toxic people. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, we laugh to not cry. Uh, it's 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 a tough thing. Like I I love like the debate, but the truth is most people I know um, aren't one or the other. You know, it's yeah. if people love star wars and they needed more like sciencey nerdy things in their life so they started watching star trek um you know I'm, I'm i'm still a star wars fan i've grew up with them um i remember watching all of them right before the new series came out like growing up and having certain like this was back in the day when like all the fast food places always had like shirts and novelty items for the shows Hmm. like weird it's like i got my star wars shirt from kfc that's very weird yeah um it's not as common anymore like that's what i mean yeah. like it's it, it was but it was something that every company did back then it was like a weird partnership thing they used to always do um but yeah star trek for sure but I hate like in, just in general for more for me but i love star yeah. wars too so with that, let's get into what Hogwarts house are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. No. I love that video. We're probably going to end up linking it in the show notes because I yep. link it like every time we talk about every stuff time, like every time Hogwarts or Harry Potter comes up. Um, I am 
definitely Ravenclaw. Kaka. <laughs> so, I am a Ravenclaw, um, through and through. Um, my boss is actually also a Ravenclaw, and she's like huge into Harry Potter, and so we've kind of talked about how we um, like process things very similarly. We both have that like sense of wanting to learn um, and process of information. Yeah, but, but the real question, Cameron, isn't which Hogwarts house you are. Which I've, I, I have no idea how to pronounce that though. Ivelmori. Ivelmori. Two eyes. That text is so confusing. Ivermorny, um, mm-hmm. house are you? Which yes. is the that's the North America school, right? Yeah. Is that the one that yeah the lore that came yeah, out setting up for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them? Setting up for um, we learn about um, a little bit about the school. I'm kind of sad that we didn't see mm-hmm. more of it. Like it's just kind of referenced as yep, there's a school in America. Um, so this one is in Massachusetts. Um. And so, and then the houses are the Horned Serpent, the Wampus, Thunderbird, and Puckwug, Puckwuggy. And so, um, Puckwudgy? Like, very, like, very much inspired by mm-hmm. indigenous people. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea what a Pukwudgie is, but I like Thunderbird doc, like representation. Um, but still kind of cool. Um, the North America schools. Um, yeah. so I don't know. The thing that the, the struggle that I have with this, and this kind of is like the personality quest, uh, personality test problem, is the sometimes what you want to be is what you like become because it's like a self fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. So when I took the test, I, I got Thunderbird. Um, which is the the house that favor, favors adventurers and represents the soul, but it's it's one of those things like we have such little information on it compared to the Hogwarts houses that it's like it's kind of just like sure I guess right like and and instead of a sorting hat <laughs> they have a Gordian knot that they step on. I don't know. It sounds super cool. Um, I, I, you know, I would almost say probably I'd probably lean toward maybe Horned ser- Serpent <laughs> or a Thunderbird. Not much of a healer, not much of a warrior. Um, I'm down for adventure and I like to think of myself as a scholar um, in some instances. Um, I also like this because they don't have direct correlations necessarily to Right. The 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 horn horn serpent isn't like Slytherin. Like they favorite things. I think that's cool as well. Right. Mm-hmm. If anything, this would be a little more closer to Ravenclaws, but like not necessarily. Um like they represent like kind of what leads. Um like what do you are you led by in terms of like physiological like so yeah, they say represents mm-hmm. the mind. Um, there's body, soul, and heart um, are the representations. It's kind of a, it's interesting. I like it. Then have you done the quiz for what would your Patronus be? 
how many times? <laughs> so this one kind of hits my issue with Pottermore, where like you answer the questions and then it's like, ah, oh, pick a direction to point. And then that's how it determines what you get. Like, it, it's truly more randomized, yeah. so you can't like actually try to guide it into certain things. And so um, I think when I got it or when I took it, I got like a garden snake or something, which might explain some of my dislike of it. Um, I can't I I can get never remember cool. what I've gotten. Um, I think at one point I got a trout. <laughs> in which case, I think it was just reading my location. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I can never remember. I do not yet recall exactly what I got, but um, it's always something that I'm like, okay, because it's one of those that like, there is no real way because it's like how many animals are there. And also all those animals aren't going to be programmed into right. that application um, kind of thing, but they do a best job to try to make it random as a result. So you can't, you're not having a ton of people who are red pandas, which would be the best Patronus. Yes. Fire fired actually, but <laughs> why not both? <laughs> so after that, let's move to our uh, magic, the gathering color identity. Um, so this one's a bit more fringe, maybe for some people. Um, so the gist of it is in magic, there's five colors, um, white, blue, black, red, green. Um, and they each kind of have an ideal um, of what they stand for. And then they kind of interact with each other in different ways. And so, Chris, what magic colors do you think you are? Um... I'm pretty sure I'm Selesnia. Mm. Oh, so, I mean, like, are we doing guilt or are we just doing one? Let's color? do, well, well, you can do any combination of colors. Okay. For example, mine's going to be three. But, <laughs> um, I'm five color. I'm all of them. <laughs> I'm all. Way of to them. do the technically correct answer because people are complicated I mean... <laughs> beings and can't be easily boiled down into just one thing. <laughs> I'm all things. But at the same time, I'm none of these things. Wait, what? <laughs> um, I definitely, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely probably not um, red or black. Mm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, I'm just like, I don't have the aggressive natures red and I'm not super motivated or ambitious. Yeah for black um then i would say probably more white than green and then blue following mm -hmm. those two yeah yeah let's do that so that we have a kind of similar thought process um i would definitely say i'm blue and red um and then white and so i, I want to learn but i'm also like it's about emotion it's about like passion it's not it's not about like being buried in a book or just trying to better yourself to be a better person, but it's, it's having goals. And then kind of the white side is wanting to help people like that idea of the, the common good. And so, yeah, the only time I include red is when I'm playing blue anyway. Yeah. Is it? And so is, that's the funny thing for me <laughs> is like, I, I would definitely say I'm blue, red and white, but I would not say I'm just guy and I'm not, is it like, so even though like blue and red are my two, like the colors, I think I'm the strongest in it's the guild. I think I'm one of the least. But um, so with that, um, Ravnica guilds. Um, so again, for people that might not be familiar with magic on the plane of Ravnica, there are 10 two color guilds. 
um, that are one of the ways that those colors can interact together. I'll try to throw charts for all this stuff in the show notes, but it might be a, a tough week, week for me. So we'll see if that all happens. Um, so Chris, you were saying your guild is Selesnia, which is white green. Hmm. That's the Selesnia conclave. Uh, now, now this raises more questions actually. Like, like there's this whole D and D aspect now to the, to the guilds. <laughs> we'll get to D and D in a second though. Um, and kind of some of those lore pieces. Hmm. Hmm put me in a tough spot um yeah i guess the selesnian conclave would make sense it's a it's a good balance of of certain you know natural aspects but i'd probably you know guild wise i'd probably be more azorius <laughs> so white blue it's the senate i don't know Come back to me okay. on that one. For me, um, this is one that I definitely struggle with. Like I said, there the um kind of some of the ideals of each of the guilds I definitely have stronger, like strong issues with. Um, I kind of like the philosophy of Golgari, which is green black, which is the idea of um like recycling to a point of life is more than just your own body. Um, it's about like long term um effects of things. Um I also really like some of the ideals of um, the Simic, which is blue green, the idea of experimentation and learning and adaptation. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of fall into both of those, I think. Well, we have like the two science leagues. Like, if of the science leagues, I'd consider probably myself more is it mm -hmm. kind of chaos experimentation and just craziness. Not really as much adaptation, which is. Or the like simic experimentations like on yep. like living things, I guess I would say. Um Yeah, I I definitely yeah, I'm definitely a Jorius or Slesnia. Um definitely not part of the syndicate. <laughs> definitely not me. Definitely not Gruel or Boros. We're too intense. <laughs> um yeah, that's where I fall. Yep. yep. So with that, Between we are two. big fans of Avatar The Last Airbender um, and Legend of Korra and stuff like that. So which Avatar element do you think defines you? I'm a non-bender. You're, you're Sokka through and through. <laughs> through and through, no. Um, I would probably say earthbending. Hmm. <laughs> I see you. I, I always definitely fall on that side of air. And part of that's just because I love Aang. And so it's that like um, that part of me. Um, there's also like the good Cameron, you eat too much. This meat. is true. <laughs> you cannot pick. I'm her. also a, a big fan of the not like totalitarian regime version of the Fire Nation. But like some of those other things that they like they have. Um like you, you almost have to avoid certain aspects of the lore to decide what element would define you. Yeah. Um, like, especially because like your biggest introduction to him is like the fire nation is a, is a totalitarian right. regime. No one wants to be fire nation, but like, like you get these amazing glimpses of fire benders right. who have a true understanding of that element. Mm -hmm. 
that can encourage you to be that like uncle Iroh. yeah like um, my man Iroh. um he's the best with that um, i mentioned at the top of the quiz but on easydamus.com um and so i took that quiz all 140 questions and i got that i am a neutral good human cleric i got true neutral <laughs> i'm just kidding i haven't finished this yet um we may have to tune in next week for me to finish this, though. Like, I'm not that far in. Um, yeah, it's a long quiz. It's really cool. And I, like I said, I like at the end, it gives you kind of the breakdown of, like, the the answer you gave, like, fills in this many of these boxes. And so, like, I gave a total of, what's that, 40, 63 responses that were good. And so, and then various, like, breakdowns of lawful neutral or chaotic but it was kind of funny that, that my three highest were the three good and my three lowest were the three evil and so i kind of just followed that like um that tier list i guess i'm just straight up chaotic evil always <laughs> no um chaotic neutral possibly i don't know but it's really cool highly recommend like i said we'll have links in the show i will notes. take it and tweet out my alignment at some mm-hmm. point it's an in-depth one this is like a full personality yep. quiz is what gets me i really liked it i thought it was really cool um, and so with that um a neat, maybe an easier one jedi or sith um neither yeah that's actually my answer too is um the like only sith deal in absolutes yes um, exactly <laughs> and so um well, of course, like Sith are definitely the bad guys. Um, the Jedi Order definitely has their problems as well. Um, and so I, that, that's kind of this one I, I added to the list based on Left Clan. And it was kind of I basically just wanted to make the, jo- the joke that only Sith deal in absolutes. So, yeah, and it, um, it's, it's a funny joke because like isn't like saying that kind of an absolute. Oh, it is. That's the best part. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'm sick. It's, it's, yeah. It's one of those things where both sides are kind of on the extreme ends where they shouldn't mm-hmm. be. Or the extreme of one has forced the other side to be more extreme, which mm-hmm. isn't how you balance out an extreme. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe like, I wouldn't be like, I'd say I'd be more Jedi but maybe not part of the Jedi order. Yeah. That makes sense to me too. Like I'd be Luke on the Island. (laughs) Just there, just minding your own business, you know? Um, hopefully no one finds me, uh, (laughs) visiting the original temples. I don't know. Reading the original works. Yeah. Another cool one that we got was what zombie universe would you end up in? So if you had to, well, well, for this, say if you had to choose a zombie universe, which one would it be? Um, TV version of zombie land. The best version of Zombieland. <laughs> um, Zombieland is actually immediately what I went to as well, um, both for comedic factor, but also for the um, like the zombies. They aren't bad. Like you definitely don't want to end up in one where they're like the super fast, aggressive zombies. That's not where you want to be. Right. I I, w- I would say maybe like the I Zombie universe. Hmm. Um. Like. 
if you don't completely die when you become a zombie kind of thing, like you maintain all of your thought processes and you just kind of crave humans. Mm -hmm. And there may be certain abilities you gain from eating a dead human's brain. That help you solve crimes. <laughs> that help you solve crimes. I don't know. Certain things like it's it's kind of a cool concept um, to where essentially you did die, but you didn't you 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 still have functional brains and um mm -hmm. it, it's also a uh yeah I, i'd pick yeah i'll go with i zombie I, I i love the concept of that of like being a functional zombie if you do get turned mm -hmm. and i think that's similar to omega man which is the first movie um that or a movie that's based on the same book as i am legend um, I think in that version, zombies are still like intelligent and are able to talk. Whereas in I Am Legend, they're a bit more of just the the angry zombies. I would, I mean, I would agree, but I think, um, I think it's that the zombies in I Am Legend are developing, which we see mm -hmm. throughout that movie. Like toward the end, True. they are kind of organizing and like setting up traps and stuff, and like they have you've like there's an evolution to them in eyes on and just an I am legend. So, I mean, like they mm -hmm. might be progressing to that intelligent yep. aspect. Um, very good point. They're based in a similar universe. So if you had to pick, um, what Pokemon type slash gym leader would you be? If I was able to pick, well, I mean, like in all these, it's like it would pick you, but right. Um, I, I love ghost types, man. Mm, ghost types are a great choice. Ghost types. Um, you couldn't be. You don't like horror movies, though. So yep, that's <laughs> accurate. Got him. Um, Get him, suck it. Um, every I know the obvious would be everyone wants to be dragons. I love the dragon types, but I, w I wouldn't be like a traditional dragon type trainer. Like all Charizards and Gyaradoses. No, it'd be <laughs> like because like I wouldn't evolve Dragonair. Um, I dragon. I love Dragonair as a dragon. Um, versus Dragonite, you know. Um, yeah, certain things. You like are not that. wrong. Um, but definitely Ghost. Um, I don't know what another one would be. What are the typings now? So, so for many. me, um, I definitely think the big one would either be Fire or Steel. Those are kind of my go-to types. Um, and so. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we um, went through, I think it was episode 88, where we accidentally talked about Gen 8 of Pokemon and we realized that after the fact. Um, and so we kind of talked through our favorite starters and there's definitely a bunch of fire types that I've you know really what? loved. I would only train legendaries. The I'm one of a kidding. kind Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> what type do you use? OP? <laughs> ubers <laughs> and so um, i thought this this is another one from love clan that i thought was really cool um that it was one of those ones that when i saw i was like why didn't i think of that but i really liked that i can't and think this, of secondary i can't think of a good secondary i'd probably just train eevees outside of ghost pokemon only eevees just eevees evolutions on top of that um be trying to see if i can just tr tr always have a ton of EVs to see if I could discover the next evolution if I was in mm. that universe. I like it. Yeah, let's go with that. that that's we'll go with that one. That, that's good. EVs and, only. <laughs> and then our last one, which you added, was what Power Ranger are you? Yeah. What color Power Ranger are you? 
And so I definitely think I've always fallen into the blue, um, the blue ranger thing. Um, I think that's kind of always been that, like I'm a geek. I've liked like the science side of stuff. And they, they kind of have steered into that trope of blue being the color of the smart person on power rangers, at least from the series that I have seen. And so that's kind of the color that I think jumps to mind. Hmm. You know, I know I put this on there, but I'm not sure. Because <laughs> the original, like, if you think back to the original, it's so racist. Yeah. <laughs> they put the the Asian girl in the yellow <laughs> They put the gir- other girl in the pink ranger suit. They put the black guy in the black ranger suit. Um. I don't know. I I wouldn't say. I guess maybe green. Hmm. Yeah. Or I red. like it. I don't know. I like blue too. I don't know. I haven't watched enough Power Rangers apparently. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I haven't seen any since probably like the second or third season. You know what? Let's change this. Um, okay. I'm ready. This is live show editing. <laughs> What Voltron lion? I I have literally no answer to this. What? Oh yeah, you haven't watched the. Yeah, I haven't seen the new season. So uh. I, like, I've seen some Voltron before, but like, maybe part of the original series, maybe. Yeah, definitely not enough to be... confidently say something. I would assign you. You'd probably be green. You'd be like Pidge. Like the sciencey nerd stuff. Sure. I can't say anything because I don't know. You don't know. You should watch some Voltron. It's a good series. I know you oh. really liked it. You've talked about it. Uh, I think I, once you finished it. Yeah, the characters are really good. And it's the series is complete now. So, I mean, you could binge watch the entire thing and mm-hmm. be completely caught up. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any yeah. others. Um. What Care Bear would you be? I also have literally <laughs> no answer to this. Um, and so listeners, if you have any cool geeky personality tests that you would like us to talk about, um, you can let us know, or you can also let us know where you fall on some of these. Um, we'll have a, a list of them over in the show notes. And so you can um, comment what you think. And we'll have links to as many of them as I have time to find links to like official quizzes for. And New so- segment idea. We do a nerdy quiz a week. We would have to do it ahead of time. We don't want that on right, air. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. But if we're only doing one a week, you know, I could get in on that. Get, you know, we get it and we just talk about. Yeah. Like maybe we should take it a couple times just to see like what yeah. the other, other or if like there's a quiz that gives you the breakdowns and then we yeah. just need to take it once. But I want to see what like the other options are. Mm-hmm. Mm, let's do that. I could I could mm-hmm. think I could New get segment. into that. At least as a, like a semi-recurring thing. Yeah, it's, it's something quick we can talk about yeah. at the end of an episode. Tell us what you guys think. And on that, Chris, do we have a top three for next week? We do. For next week's top three, tune in for our top three intros. Top three intros? Ooh, I like this. Like TV show intros? I got you, I got you. Like anything nerdy. So 
Um, mine are all going to be anime. Let's just yeah. Mine will probably all be sitcoms. <laughs> so <laughs> anime intros are the best, yeah. and mostly because their music's the yeah amazing. You're very correct. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, top three intros, series intros. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And our listeners could even be. A movie. They can let us know their favorite intros or answer or talk about any of their top three geek profiles or any of those types of things. Geek personality tests. They can do that over on our social media, which is One Geek Four One One on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. They can send us an email at one stgeek four one one at gmail They can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. We read the five star reviews on the air. Then they can check out our show notes with a bunch of links over on our website, which is onegeek411.com. And so, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Hey, what about our personal? Oh, good call. We've been really bad about that lately. I don't know. We've been good about it, like, the last few episodes. Yeah. But, like, it's been, like, an afterthought. And we're like, ah! Yeah. And then... So, you can, of course, yeah. find us on our personal social medias as well. Mine's Humar Whittle. And I'm not so foreign. And also check out our sister podcast, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. For all your Disney news and things like that. And keep the eye out for that crossover. Which is like pretty much just 50% of all media nowadays. (laughs) So, yeah. Like there's those like months where our movies entertainment is just MCU news. Yeah, it's just MCU or like now we have like all the Disney live actions, which they talk about. Check out their things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a great week. I love you.